Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. And welcome to episode 108 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the second episode, our Daikaiju discussion episode for April 2014. And joining me here in the studio, I have Mr. Martin Vavra. Yo, hello folks. And Rachel Cook. Hi there. And Mr. Brian Cook as well. Hey everybody. And we are going to be talking about this awesome, uh, crazy movie called Gappa. Actually, Gappa the Trifibian Monster, or Monster from a Prehistoric Planet. Or, if that doesn't suit your fancy, and we can go for the Japanese title, I believe it's Daikaijo Gappa. A little, little bit of a difference there. Uh, but anyway, that's just that. <laughs> that's just a little too much information at the top of the show. We have some requests, and of course... The Daikaiju discussion, and then we're going to move on to some news. And for those who entered the uh, the Edgy Superaya Master of Monsters contest, we have uh, this is not a can of Pringles as it looks like to my co-hosts here. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this is actually all of the uh, the contestants. So we'll be picking one of these. One of us will pick the winner of that contest. Right. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get things started, I think, with a, with a request. Now, this is kind of funny to me because we actually had more than one person request this. And this is going to be a very heavy episode of the Kaiju Cast, not because uh, we were getting into heavy subject matter, but because there were four metal requests during the, during the <laughs> yes. last, from the last show. Oh, you're down with that? That's good. Because yeah. the, the uh, dream theater version. Yeah. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> well, if everybody's down, maybe I should just kill all the other non metal requests and we should just have a metal show. Which I'm sure Do some it. people would love, but uh, I won't, uh, I won't disgrace your requests there. We're going to start things off with E-Rock's Godzilla Meets Metal. And this was actually requested by several listeners, but the first one was Earn.
so something funny, something funny is going on. Something funny just happened, and I felt like I had to share. Uh, as we were talking, I don't know how King Kong versus Godzilla came up, but Martin was like, "Yeah, I missed that one." And I was like, really thinking really hard about it. I was like, "I think you've seen it, man. I'm pretty sure you've seen it because you were, you had to have seen it because I think you were part of the commentary. If you weren't part of the Daikaiju discussion about it." And then he's like, no, I missed that one. And I went to Google and I typed in Kaiju Cast and uh, Kaiju Cast and King Kong. And sure enough, King Kong versus Godzilla from the uh, the picture we took outside the Hollywood theater. Martin's standing right there with us. He completely forgot about it. It's not me watching the film, though. I still. You watched the film. <laughs> otherwise, you would not have been part of the discussion. I about may it. remember some aspects of being in the green room now that you mention it, but <laughs> I don't see how that actually bolsters your argument. I just think that I, <laughs> this is going to be the thing where I'm like, OK, Martin, come on over. We'll watch the movie. And then you'll be like watching the film 10 minutes into it. And be like. Oh, right. Oh, I remember yeah. this. I remember this now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool, man. It's all good. Let's see. So you are correct, Brian. He was not here for the commentary. It was just just the Daikaiju discussion at the Hollywood Theater. So we should totally watch that again okay. sometime here. I'm, I'm all for that. I love that movie. Anyway, this is a complete derailment from what <laughs> normally happens. Uh, normally, I say we started things off with Godzilla meets metal and that was by a guy named e-rock that's actually a youtube video and i had several people ask me about it but Ern was the one that specifically said like i want to hear this uh so that was for Ern, and then the next thing we played was masaro satu's totally keeping in in the same vein as the music style i'm sure but <laughs> i don't know why rachel's squeaking over there but uh that was by masaro sato from what movie did you say it was uh he said it was son of godzilla yeah it was son of godzilla definitely son of godzilla and i don't think i've seen that one either and if you have photographic evidence i dare you to find it (laughs) (laughs) the cool thing is i could just press pause on the recorder and then we can find that evidence uh but yeah that was the main titles from son of godzilla that that completes our very first round of requests and what we're going to do right now is just get right into the Daikaiju discussions. Once again, class, it's time for our Daikaiju discussions. Every month, the Kaiju cast takes one look. Oh, man, I didn't write it this down again. Uh, ta- <laughs> it takes one month. Oh, my gosh, I screwed it up. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe I should keep this in as like a, a message to my future <laughs> self when I listen to this <laughs> tomorrow. Every month, the Kaiju cast takes one movie from the giant monster landscape and tasks the listeners with sending in their thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following discussion episode. Thanks to an online tool, I've randomly assigned one movie to each month, solidifying that this show will keep going for a long, long time. Now, that was pretty much right, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Dead on. I would have never, never known. I, I don't know why I haven't created a sounder for that so I could just sit and play and then <laughs> never have to ball. worry about it ever again. But we are going to be watching this movie, Gappa, the Trifibian Monster, a.k.a. Gappa, uh, or Dai, okay, so I messed it up earlier, Dai Kyoju Gappa, which, uh, apparently means Gappa, the Colossal Beast, which is weird because how different is that from Dai Kaiju right. and what the meaning is from Giant Monster? I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, Daikaiju or Daikyoju Gappa is also known as Monster from the Prehistoric Planet. And that was done by American International Pictures. I don't have a lot of information about this movie. Brian, have you ever like researched it at all? There, There isn't a whole lot. Um, <clears throat> we looked through some of our stuff earlier today to find the basics, but 
yeah, it doesn't seem to be a lot out there. This company that did this movie just, they kind of dried up after a certain point, and this is their only monster movie, and... Well, well, what happened is this is, this is, this is no, this is not Toho. This oh, is from wow, okay. uh, this is from a studio called Nikatsu, and this is essentially from the giant monster boom. Nineteen sixty-seven is when this movie was made, and Nikatsu was like, "Yeah, let's get in on this and let's make this movie." Now, some sources say that this is a parody film, and I think you're going to see <laughs> why when we watch it. But I'm not exactly convinced that it's parody because it's not really that funny. That's usually how I you know label so a parody is when made- it's funny. The people that made the room said the exact same thing with their film. <laughs> no, really, true. it's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, but anyway, so it was made in 1967, and it's from uh, Nikatsu Studios. And Nikatsu eventually stopped making anything but softcore uh, or Roman porno films. And uh, then they sort of like, I think that's actually what sort of carried them into the, the new era, like through the drought of the 70s. And... Uh, I'm pretty sure that Kaneko, Shusuke Kaneko, the director from the Gamera series, worked. I don't know if he worked at Nikatsu, but he started out working on those Roman porno films. So, wow, soft or pink Roman pink, pink, movies, pink yeah. yeah, something like that. You can tell I'm a, a historian when it comes to my <laughs> Japanese nudie films. Just, I was say, <laughs> you just listed off of several genres there I didn't even know were real. Yeah, yeah. To Google. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, probably. Well, I mean, unless you're 18 years old or older. Anyway, uh, so we are going to go ahead and, and watch the movie now. And then when we come back, we're going to discuss it. Today, modern man is preoccupied by the mysteries of outer space. Scientists are probing farther and farther away from Earth. And yet, here on this very world we live in, are hidden mysteries. Mysteries better left alone, for if they are disturbed, they could destroy the world. And now, an expedition goes to a strange South Sea Island. To a forbidden jungle. To a forbidden village. Taboos that anger the gods. Gapa! Gapa angry! Gapa! Gapa angry! Angry! The revenge of the monsters! selfish whim of a magazine publisher. In this park, I will have strange tropical animals. <laughs> Results in horrible destruction. Stop them! Stop! 
monsters can actually think. And in addition, they can communicate with others of their own species. Worldwide Terror. So we just finished watching Gappa. And what'd you guys think? Gap. What, what was what? that? Oh, I. <laughs> isn't the song goes something like that? I was Gappa. just trying to sing the song. And yeah. Gappa bad. Gappa angry. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't watch the dubbed version. Okay. We watched the, uh, we watched the, the Japanese version with English subtitles and the Media Blasters slash Tokyo Shock. DVD, which was not anamorphic. Ugh. Mm, ugh. First world problems. <laughs> Non-anamorphic DVD. <laughs> forced to watch that nonsense. It was only like a quarter size of the entire wall. <laughs> it was like living in the past, like 2004. It was so VHS. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> anyway, we just finished watching Gappa the Trifibian Monster. Not monsters from a prehistoric planet which is the aip version of this film although i would like to see that sometime if you have it please bring yes, it over i do uh i don't think anytime soon i don't need to see it tomorrow or anything it looks so bad i yeah. don't know that you're <laughs> okay okay i mean oh gosh <laughs> well who here had not seen this movie before that would be martin right here and me and rachel neither one of them has seen it brian you I've you and i have seen this okay Half and half. Uh, let's start with you, Martin. What'd you think? So I said Gappa bad, not Gappa mad. Because I wasn't referring <laughs> oh, yeah, to Gappa okay, angry. Gotcha. I think yeah. you said Gappa mad, Gappa angry. Gotcha. No. no Gappa. It all makes sense. <laughs> I definitely had a lot of fun with us commenting on this film. <laughs> this movie was difficult to not sort of rip apart as we were watching it. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a, I, I am, I'm looking forward to the drunken commentary on this film. <laughs> yeah, it needs one. Bad. Get in line, Gappa. Get in line. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you, it, did this movie harken back to anything you'd seen previously? Is this something that you feel is, like we were talking about other movies that it's, you know, tapped for reference, let's just say, instead of ripping off, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, did anything seem familiar yes, to you? Yes, this references several films. <laughs> yes, okay. But did you recognize them? Because I know you yeah, haven't absolutely. seen Gorgo, and you haven't seen... I haven't seen Gorgo, but, I mean, it was pretty obvious what... To me, they're they're reaching for the kid aspect of this thing. I think they really wanted to get a kid audience, so they had the kids in there. Even, you know, inexplicably, children being left behind in research stations with giant monsters behind cages. <laughs> but, you know... Uh, so, uh, yeah, it just, it really seemed like no one had an understanding of the, of what they were trying to film. Mm -hmm. I think they had just been watching and saying, okay, so this is the part in the film where we get giant feet squashing down on buildings and go. 
so a formulaic kind of <clears throat> approach to Absolutely. a giant monster movie. I don't think they had any appreciation for what they were trying to do. I think they were simply just like like what we talked about. They're cashing in, cashing in on the giant monster phenom. Yeah, it makes sense. Rachel, what about you? Initial yeah. thoughts. It totally was like, oh, have you guys seen Mothra? I really like Mothra. Let's do something like in Mothra. And have you guys seen? <laughs> King Kong, and let's do King Kong, too, because that was cool, and lots of things like that. I, there was a lot of, oh, let's do this shot, because I think I've seen it before, and I think that that worked, too. So maybe we can get some money in that. And so that, that was kind of, a lot of it felt like that, but... <laughs> It was it was a lot of I fun like their thought process according to you or <laughs> interpretation. You it's it pretty dead on. So. <laughs> I like it. But uh, but no, it was it was a lot of fun though. I like you guys said it was fun to just make jokes out of it and there were so many weird things that not just because of the way they made the film but really it was little details that were confusing like why would you choose that? As we mentioned, while watching the film, there was people wearing a lot of plaid on the native <laughs> islands. <laughs> native plaid, man. Yeah. Yeah. Scotch Polynesians. Blood. Scotch Polynesians. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Uh, well, I think uh, let's move on to Brian, actually, just for initial thoughts, dude. What, how long has it been since you've seen Kappa? Probably back in the 90s. Um, it was on a double feature Laserdisc with Godzilla versus Hedera, I believe, if my memory serves me. And, uh, yeah, all the way back then is the last time I saw it. And, uh, I remember it being about this disappointing. It's just a ripoff of several other things. Uh, in addition to plot elements, flat out, uh, camera shots were reused. Like mm -hmm. when the planes kind of bank and fire their missiles. That's an identical scene from Rodan, although done far better in Rodan. Gotcha. But yeah, uh, um, but yeah it's fun to it's fun to make fun of while you watch. So. Yeah, that's part of the part of the joy of coming over here and watching these things. So my initial thoughts. I mean, it's been a really long time since I've seen this film. I want to say, I think I mentioned during the movie that I've only watched this movie once, and I basically bought it. In fact, I. I'm not even sure I've watched the DVD before. Like, I think I bought it on VHS a long time ago. And then that's probably in a box somewhere in my yeah. garage. <laughs> and then I, I was just upgrading. I was like, yep, got to get the Gappa DVD. So I bought that from Media Blasters. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, Gappa, it is, it looks like a cash-in sequel. Mm -hmm. Or not sequel, cash-in film. And it's just not something that holds my attention so well. It's I think it's one of the reasons it's just so easy to slip into, mm, I'm going to poke fun at this movie, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we were talking during the film, like, I really can't tell if it's supposed to be a parody or if it's supposed to be serious. Uh, there are some things. The only thing in this movie that made me feel like it was an actual parody was the guy who was fishing on the boat in the beginning, like. He was yep. the comedic element, and boy, I didn't really think he was that funny. <laughs> I was just going to be honest. Say quality humor there. He's yeah. no Yu Fujiki from Godzilla vs. The Thing right. and King Kong vs. Godzilla. I don't know. I just think uh, I, 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 I'm I, sure somewhere at some point somebody did document, yes, this is supposed to be a funny movie, but... I don't know if it well, did well. It looks like uh, the idea of it being a parody is... Uh, I'm reading from Stuart Galbraith's uh, Japanese science fiction, fantasy, and horror films book here. Uh, it looks like the... 
parody stuff comes from people's reviews from the time period. It looks like... The Japanese reviews? No, American reviewers seem to have thought it was a parody when it came out. Interesting. So, I... I wonder if it was billed as a parody, or, you know, like, billed as a funny movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, who here has seen Space Amoeba, Yogg, Monster from Space? I have. Brian has. I think I saw that one with you. You might have seen that. I don't know if there's any photographic evidence. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a giant Uh, billboard behind me that says (laughs) Space Amoeba. Anyway, anyway, I couldn't help but think about Space Amoeba, which came much later in 1970, three years later, uh, and how the very beginning of this movie sort of has the same vibe. There's a expedition to an island. The main characters are all from Japan and they're coming to this island and, you know, then it sort of branches off after that. But it just kind of had that same vibe, you know, we're coming to this island to tap its resources in some way or another. In this film, it's to steal <laughs> to animals. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, anyway, anyway, I, I guess initial thoughts were I don't really have too high of an opinion for Gappa. So. Uh, let's move on to our next point, which is, what did you like about Gappa, Martin? Uh, you know what? What I really loved about this film was uh, that it happened at the Kaiju headquarters here for Kaiju Cast, yeah. and that Brian and Rachel were here. That was like, this is the probably some of the best stuff that happened in that film is because of that. So, to put a more scholarly bend on that, this is the kind of movie that is best enjoyed with good friends. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There's no, there's no other way. I mean, really, th- this is a movie that, yeah. it's, it was, it, there, there's no redeeming quality to this other than that, that, uh, I felt like the gloves were off a little bit to kind of bash on it as we went along. I, I really feel like I owe a certain level of respect when we watch other films, uh, for the nature of the show and everything like that. And this one was just like, yeah, no, not, not this time. <laughs> yeah. Kaiju's serious business in this house. It, yeah. it is. It is. And so, no, I, I had a lot of fun with my friends. This was great. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rachel, any any positives to take away from this? Sure, yeah. I you know, I I had a lot of fun with the um I I'm such I'm a huge King Kong fan and I know I've mentioned that in other um shows, but um but I I like comparing other movies to King Kong when you see that they're really trying to do it, but they're I not quite pulling it off. I heard you make a favorite reference at one I point. Did, yeah. yeah, you know, I was like, "Oh, are they going to, you know, where's the pretty blonde girl and they're going to sacrifice her and no, oh, wait, no, it's just the baby Gappa that's in the cage and it's so sad. But, um, but <laughs> I, I love baby animals, as you know, and baby kaiju. And so, of course, you got to give it a thumbs up for that. that there's okay, a baby so, Gappa through so most did, of the movie. How did you like the baby Gappa? So he was pretty cute. Um, it, he wasn't as great as like baby Rodan and it's not, you know, um, there's lots of other baby kaiju that are better. But um I'm gonna ask you a serious I, hard question. You know, I, Where do you rank the baby gappa yeah. amongst baby kaiju? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was it was fun though. I I did I agree with Martin completely, of course, that it's I think that like any movie, it's fun to much more fun to watch with a group big group of friends and 
to really, you know, evaluate it as you go along and yeah, yeah. do the mystery science theater type deal with it is <laughs> is a lot of fun to um Well the good thing we didn't do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> through the entire well, movie movie. <laughs> but um but yeah, no, it was I, I liked there wasn't really much of a human element, unfortunately, and I do like that when they do that in kaiju films. I, I would say that there um, was a, a pretty strong well, actually, there was a pretty present human element, but it was really, really weak. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Like, it, and you're it talking about comparing there, this but... movie to, like, King Kong. Yeah. And, like, I would compare this movie to King Kong versus Godzilla and the <laughs> the actors that you saw in King Kong versus Godzilla portraying some of the very similar characters and King Kong versus Godzilla being essentially a comedy just hits on so many more levels Mm-hmm. With a thumbs up, then, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, you know, <laughs> yeah, it makes it sad actually. But let's mm-hmm. let's uh, go to Brian now. What? Give me something good, something positive to take away from Gappa. Well, um, while the effects were pretty bad uh, in a lot of spots, there were some city destruction scenes that were pretty cool. You know, some yeah. of the building stuff looked decent. If it was, you know, it was really dark is one problem, and the, and. Whether that's the transfer or the real film, I, I, I'm not sure. Cause I know this film, even if it was a great transfer, I think this film is like a low budget and it kind of looks that dark to begin with. But, uh, it was hard to see a lot of the city stuff, but it, some of that looked good. It was, yeah. it was the only effects that really looked unique and, and well executed. I was concerned that some of the city effects were going to be, um, you know, I hate I hate it when people say like, "Oh, Godzilla movies with their cardboard buildings." That mm-hmm. makes me that like instantly turns me into like a Hulk angry in my Gappa? brain. Yeah, <laughs> Gappa angry. Yeah, <laughs> my rage effect. But you know, the for me, that's the kind of thing I look for as a tell as a telltale sign of a bad movie. And I was happy to see some decent model building in this film. Like there were definitely a few buildings where I was expecting them to, you know, break apart like a cardboard building. And I was very happy to see that they were treated well, probably built with plaster. And uh, you could see like the rebar. I'm making finger quotes. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. And this is an incredibly backhanded thing to say about this movie, but one of the good things about it is when you look at this movie, it completely puts an underline under the fact that Toho was doing so much better things. And uh, it when people uh, make fun of Toho movies for having quote-unquote bad effects, which I completely disagree with, you could point people to this movie and say look that really does have bad effects oh yeah and toho does some really amazing work so that's a that's an incredibly backhanded insulting thing to say about (laughs) gappa but uh it is kind of good so instead of a backhanded compliment is it just a a flat-out insult (laughs) yeah i I, at first i thought it might have been backhanded but now i realize i'm just insulting it but it is It's interesting in the overall scheme of kaiju movies. To the see terribleness that. of Gappa lifts up the awesomeness of, of Toho. Isn't that great? Yeah, it does. Oh, man. Well, I would say for me, the best part about the Gappa film is, um, and hear me out, is the design of the monster. And I don't particularly love the design of Gappa, but I don't hate it. And... I find it unique in a good way. So 
It's got elements from different monsters included. There's some things that are just ridiculous, of course, like the wings that just kind of pop out and just, <laughs> hey, there they are. It's wings coming out of the side. They've got wings and two arms and two legs and a tail. But I like the fact that they've distinguished between the male and the female and, of course, the baby. And, you know, I just, I wouldn't turn down a Gappa figure if I came across one in, you know, my next trip to Japan. But uh, I oh, speaking of Gappa figures, the, these guys up here, these X-Plus figures, X-Plus made a Gappa, and it's fairly rare now, so it's <laughs> difficult to get wow. for a good price. So <laughs> one of them just went on Yahoo Japan for like 500 bucks. Ouch. Wow. Yeah, so... Uh, that's why I'm saying if I see one in the wild, I'll, <laughs> I'll maybe, maybe pay for it. But, you know, the design of Gappa, I think, is, is, uh, is probably the best angle in this film for me. Uh, let's talk about the negatives. Martin, what, I don't even want to say what, this is like, uh, what was the last movie we watched where it was just like, there's so many things, Gamma versus Zegra or Space Monster, whichever one you were here for it's just like there's so many things that well, and, you could take away and say that's terrible yeah i would change one out of 500 things but what would you say is the the monumental failure of this film oh the the monumental failure of this film uh, i'm i mean when you ask it like that the monumental is i again i, I don't think these guys had any understanding of what they were trying to do i don't think they loved kaiju films i don't think there was an appreciation for it I think somebody had a budget that they threw at a suit and some really good models. And after that, they were just like throwing stuff on the wall to see what stuck. So I'm going to counterpoint that with the tiny amount of research that I did for this movie. Mm -hmm. um, so the uh, uh, when we were watching the credits go by, I said, oh, this is Akira Watanabe's directorial debut. Yeah. Um, I don't have that in front of me, but Akira Watanabe worked for Toho, and he worked on the Godzilla series. And I'm pretty sure the deal was that he... Um, that doesn't mean the studio appreciated anything. That guy could have walked into a deal oh, okay, and gotten yeah. totally screwed. He may have been... All of those actors may have been fans of, of kaiju movies, and they were like, wow, this is our chance. Here's this new studio. They've got a budget. This guy has... You know, the director's done Toho stuff before. Like, there's probably a lot of things... That started to look really good about it, but somewhere along the line, people with the money, people making the decisions, people that did a lot of stuff, I don't think there was an appreciation for what they were making. And I think that really comes out in this thing. I, I don't know how long it took them to make it. I don't think it took very long. Yeah, well, I, don't, I won't argue with that aspect of it for sure. But uh, so, I mean, that's the massive failing. There's lots of little things you could dig into this thing about, but uh, I just don't. Somewhere along the line. Some pretty major players did not love what they were doing. Yeah. I would imagine that uh, Akira Watanabe stepped into the project thinking it was going to be better than it was. And then yeah, after a while, the yeah, yeah. After a while, basically, he just kind of got the rug pulled out from under him. Mm -hmm. Maybe budgetarily wise, maybe the studio Nikatsu decided to make some changes mid stride. I'm not sure. But definitely, I would say this, yeah, felt fell flat from being a love letter to the daikaiju genre yeah, yeah. absolutely and, you know there's classic stories from directors and like it's a superman movie put giant spiders in it you know you go like i'm the director on this i can't do but those happen and who knows what these guys said watanabe this is what you're doing oh yeah you're the guy with the checkbook <laughs> yeah uh what about you rachel um let's see i it's hard to pick 
my big monumental monumental failure that I'd have with the film. Um, I would I would say that they they definitely tried to do too many things. It was just they tried to throw so many ideas in there that it was just like one thing after another that you're like, wow, now we're moving on already. Like we keep going. I don't I don't know. It's just like they crammed so many different yeah I don't know, kaiju films into one. It felt like. But, but the, I mean, at least they stayed consistent with the same monster family. And, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> but, um, and is this the first time we actually see a family of monsters in a giant monster movie? Well, no, I guess Gorgo technically is the first time. Right. And if you want to go way far, are we just limiting to Japanese? Because Son of Kong is like the first offspring type movie. Okay. Well, I mean, this is also the first, this is also the same year as Son of Godzilla, too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I would say, I, I mean, I would agree with you. It's nice that they kept it consistent. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I guess this is the same year as Son of Godzilla as well and, Mm. and Son of, Son of Kong. Son of Kong is like 34. I don't know if that's the first kind of like, uh, the idea of a family of monsters kind of thing. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. Uh, I don't know what I would say would be the big (laughs) changer here. I think Martin hit it pretty well. Like they just don't have, maybe it's, you know, partial studio experience and, you know, their appreciation for it. But the fact that they only did the one film, it's pretty, pretty telling that they weren't interested in doing another one. And I don't know. I mean, as the, I'd say the character work is probably the, the weakest point of this film. Cause I don't know about you guys. Can you name any of the characters from the film? Uh, Gappa. Yeah. Right, right. Say. Aside from Gappa. Gappa. <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah, that's true. So I can't I, remember I can't a single person from the movie. Konosubi? Was that who it was? Konosubi? The person that, uh, the mm. scientist that they're always, he was being yelled to by the uh, uh, recorder as they as when they were going in the cave, or sure, I don't know. I see oh, uh, like Taco. I see Kurosaki Koyanagi. What about Doctor McDonald and Boy? Oh, Doctor McDonald. That was a useful doctor too. He shows up with a child yeah. holding hands with them, <laughs> yeah. introduces himself, and then plays no other role. He doesn't say mm-hmm. a single line. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, anyway, there's a lot of bad things we could say about this film. I mean, it's definitely not in the upper echelon of kaiju films. And I think uh, I think we could probably just move on to our final thoughts uh, <laughs> and how we feel about this film in general. Uh, Martin, this is not an introductory film, but I highly recommend it for a bunch of folks to get together, have a few drinks and just just kind of enjoy the the silliness. Yeah, I would agree with that, Rachel. Yeah, agreed. Um, I would say that it's, it is fun if you are a big fan of King Kong and Mothra and, well, really kaiju films in general. It, it is one that you can just have a few drinks and let loose on and just have a good time so with. So everyone drink as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're saying. <laughs> the kaiju cast responsible for a lot of alcoholics out there. <laughs> I drink responsibly when you watch monster movies. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good rousing. Let's watch something funny. Although I, I would have trouble picking this one as 
as the movie to watch with a bunch of people, mm. you know. Thank God it came up in the discussion list, you know. Otherwise, it would have been gathering more dusk on the uh, on the shelf up there. What about you, Brian? Sorry, my train of thought you completely <laughs> derailed me. Um, Sweet. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, there's not a lot to like in this movie. Um, it's just very derivative. It it feels to me like Nikatsu was in the business to make money as fast as they could in in a Japanese film industry that was floundering at the time. So this movie is just packed to the gills with all the formula pieces, like you guys were saying. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I wouldn't recommend it. It uh, it's kind of a a bummer of a kaiju movie, but like like you guys said, make it your own parody. It's fun to fun to, <laughs> fun to laugh at. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I and you know I I gotta agree with almost everything you guys said. You're not going to get a lot of <laughs> argument from anybody with this film. It's just not that great of a movie. And I think it really suffers from a lot of uh, things that we talked about. Character development's just really poor. The The monsters, while they're kind of a cool design, they're not implemented very well. And just, it's not something, it's not even in the top 20 movies that I would show to a kaiju newbie, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, that... That being said, I had a great time riffing on it with you guys. I yeah. thought it was a, a a lot of fun to to watch the film. Uh, unless anybody has anything else they wanted to say, I think it's time to move into our listener discussions. And of course, one of the benefits of being a Kaiju Core member at the top level is that you get to send in your homework. And so we're going to start things off with two of our colonels, Andy Campbell and then Benjamin Erickson. In 1967, Japanese studio Nakatsu saw a film landscape awash in giant monster movies and said, Me too. They went out and they made a boilerplate knockoff mishmash of every kaiju movie on the market. The story is a ripoff of Gorgo from 1961. It opens with a ship exploring the ocean. Check. Ship spots something unusual in the water. Check. Ship sails to nearby island where locals issue vague monster-related warning. Check. Explorers ignore warning and kidnap a baby monster? Check. Explorers intend to show the monster for fun and profit? Check. Parents make a beeline for the youngling trampling cities along the way? Check. Movie closes with parentals and baby reuniting and heading home? Check. It's pretty much the same movie, only much, much worse. Also, I know it's 1967, and it was a different culture, it was a different time and everything, but I gotta say, this movie is super racist. When they first get to the island, all the natives are whooping and dancing nonstop, and all the actors are in blackface, and that little kid is in, like, super blackface? And not to mention sexist, the one female character, her last line, literally, and I quote, was, I've decided to quit my job. I guess I'm just an ordinary woman. I should stay home, marry an office worker, and wash diapers. Well, goodbye. That's literally her line. The effects are cheap, the miniatures aren't well detailed, the sets are drab, the monster design is lazy, and new rule, if your monster flies, it has to flap its wings, at least occasionally. It can't just open its wings and take off Superman style. This was actually the first time I saw this movie, But I I had seen the monsters before in an episode of the British comedy Red Dwarf. In the episode, the crew from the Red Dwarf land on a theme park planet populated by animatronic wax creatures, and the Gappa are supposed to be the dinosaurs. They use them for a couple of reasons. A, the movie is public domain, so it was free. 
and B, they look really, really bad, which was the joke. I'll give my last words to Crichton from Red Dwarf, who sums up my thoughts on the movie quite nicely. I think we've lost them. I can't believe how feeble and improbable those creatures were, sir. I've seen more convincing dinosaurs given away free with a packet of witchy flakes. Gappa, the Trifibian Monsters, is a type of movie you might pass over when you see it in a second-hand or specialty video store. As a strange, kind of sort of familiar-sounding name, weird-looking monsters, and, in the United States, a somewhat dated presentation that could pass off for bootleg. However, this film certainly has its merits. From its booming theme song, to the classic Lost World story, to its sometimes over-the-top characters, there are many enjoyable elements. I know that this film is often billed as a satire of the genre, but as a fan of giant monster movies, I often enjoy many of these parts at face value. I even like the depiction of the eponymous monsters. Despite their chimera-like appearance, there are many details of the monsters I caught on to, such as the well-executed, if somewhat physically impractical, way of flying, or the clear sexual dimorphism of the parents between male and female. Speaking of which, I like the fact that Nikatsu went ahead and made a whole family unit. The Lost World Jurassic Park was a big movie during my adolescence, so I appreciate stories of monstrous parents going on a rampage to save their young from exploitative businessmen. When the dust settles and the gap have flown back into the setting sun, I think that this movie is great for a monster lover who has 90 minutes and an interest in the obscure. Big thanks to our Kaiju Core Colonels for sending in their homework. And just remember, if you want to be part of that elite club of KaijuCast supporters, just go to kaijucast.com slash support, and there are three different levels you can join at. Anyway, we're going to move on to the homework. Mitchell first saw Gappa a long time ago, but it was the horrible DVD from Alpha Video. When he saw it in widescreen with a better picture quality, he thought it was much better. He likes the design of the Gappas and also how he can tell which one is male and which one is female. The destruction scenes look good, too. One thing that he didn't like about the film was that the Gappas have Godzilla's breath attack. It's not bad, but they could have done it uh, much differently. All in all, Gappa is a great addition to the monster landscape. Giant Trifibian monsters are not the kind of playmates Herman would expect a publisher called Playmate Magazine to be focusing on. He would like a different kind of playmate. Herman angry! Herman angry! <laughs> also, there's no way Playmate Land can compete with World Children's Land because World Children's Land has a Godzilla Tower. Gappa is a, is a very cool-looking kaiju. Herman likes the Griffin-esque appearance. Gappa really reminds him of his first of the first creature Peter Cushing and Doug McClure encounter in the film At the Earth's Core. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, yeah. I have not seen that. I specifically watched that movie to see Caroline Monroe. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, also the Mahars from the same film bear a resemblance to Gappa. He enjoyed the basic, reliable, explorers discover strange monster menace on exotic island type of story. Throw in some Gorgo elements and you've got a very fun, by the numbers kaiju movie. Herman happy, Herman happy. Adam writes that Gappa is one of those interesting monster movies not produced by Toho or Daie during the monster boom in Japan, but just still just different enough from your stereotypical giant monster rampage movies to keep it famous enough in fan circles. Gappa is heavily inspired by, if not a remake, of Gorgo with a bit of exploring and comedy from King Kong vs. Godzilla and bad guy businessmen from Mothra vs. Godzilla thrown in. 
The special effects and the family dynamic are definitely Adam's favorite parts of this movie. His only two dislikes of the film are the lackluster plot, which drives the movie and Gappa having Godzilla's breath. He would highly recommend Gappa to any monster fan who might want something different from Godzilla and Gamera. Gappa, Trifibian Monster, may be not the greatest movie ever, but definitely a very fun movie to watch. Gappa has not traditionally been one of Steven's favorite kaiju films. Though he has memories of it being on TV shortly after it was released, he remembers the film's story and effects not measuring up to the Godzilla or early Gamera films. For this viewing, he watched the Tokyo Shock release with subtitles, and the film holds up much better that way. The dubbing, which he checked out as well, wasn't as goofy as a lot of later dubbing efforts had been, but it does have enough annoying elements to distract from the film's good points. Despite not being from Toho or Daae, a solid effort was put into the Gappa suits and special effects, and the production values on the film are generally quite good. Sadly, Steven's copy of the DVD is a bit washed out, and the picture, though letterboxed, is not anamorphic. The result is a fuzzier and generally less satisfying viewing experience on a modern widescreen TV. And he has a question, has Tokyo Shock redone this uh, print recently? And the answer is no, not that I am aware of. Um, although, I gotta say, if they released a Blu-ray copy of this, I would probably buy it, just to have an updated version. I don't know why I would spend the money on it. <laughs> Uh, although not perfect, the Tokyo Shock DVD is far, far better than the public domain copies of this film. As to the story, he has always enjoyed the fact that there's a family of monsters in this film, and a more convincing family than Godzilla and his son. Where's Mazilla? Or was Matthew Broderick right about the big G? And it's pretty cool that they're trifibian monsters, almost like Varan. Which, by the way, I didn't know what trifibian meant. I didn't think about it. I always just was like, oh, that's just some weird name. So it's like, Trifibian, land, sea, and air. Which is, I guess, a no-brainer. Did you know that, Martin? It's not a thing, just so you know. <laughs> it's not that amphibian, it means something like... No, but oh. that's what it means like, in this in this context, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it, I know that. Oh, okay, well, I didn't like, know that you hey, knew we've that. we mashed up a couple of, of, of things for... No, I didn't know that it meant land, sea, and air. I didn't realize that this was some Marine Corps <laughs> tribute or something, but... <laughs> but outside of this film that word does not exist i'm just kind of <laughs> good i like it i <laughs> well mr scientist says it doesn't exist so <laughs> squashing dreams all over the place martin anyway uh while steven enjoys this film as an adult it seems like it's really a grab bag of standard giant monster slash kaiju tropes you have the mother child story from gorgo the devoted monster couple from odan the giant egg from Mothra, and the amusement park slash monster on display idea from King Kong, Gorgo, King Kong versus Godzilla, and even Mothra versus Godzilla, as in the egg under the giant dome. Plus, we get the usual romantic triangle, <laughs> sort of, uh, <laughs> though with a slight twist in which the female character seems to find both of the leading men despicable for their lack of consideration for the baby monster. We've even got the couple, uh, got a couple of annoying Gamera-style kids hanging around telling adults what to do. So nothing too original for Gappa's story elements, though the filmmakers do get points for trying to be all things to all people. Still, Gappa remains generally entertaining tale, and is probably suitable to show people new to the genre, especially kids, though it would be nice to have a crisp, clear print available. Uh, on a personal note, and this is... Uh, I'm, I'm going to include this because I've, I've uh, spoken with Stephen a little bit about this online. On a personal note, for those interested, the complete 
Daikaiju Attack Saga of his is now available to read for free online, and he hopes that uh, he's going to have it ready in an ebook and print form by the time the new Godzilla hits theaters. Uh, you can find a free version of the story at www.daikaijuattack.com. Robert watched the generic dollar store DVD of Monster from a Prehistoric Planet. He is glad he didn't spend any more on this movie. The plot was derived from bits and pieces of Gamera and Godzilla films. There was even a kid in short shorts named Kenji. And the love story was horrible. The woman decides at the end to stay home and change diapers? Worst kaiju moralizing ever. The effects were bad too. The ex from outer space was a better looking chicken monster than these gappas. Robert's going to return the DVD and try to get his dollar back. <laughs> this was Robin's second time watching Gappa. He'd seen the Monster from a Prehistoric Planet version, and he has to say Gappa the Trifibian Monster sounds so much cooler. Although it's fun to see what little G's other companies put out to cash in on the big one, this movie felt kind of lackluster. He thought the monsters looked boring, their heads were all right, but the rest of them didn't look very inspired at all. Most of all, though, he didn't like their wings, especially not when they were folded back. Also, none of the city-stomping scenes quite hit home. Not sure if this was due to the movie itself or because his copy of the film had really poor video quality and was severely cropped at the sides of the screen, creating the complete opposite of a widescreen. As he watched, he kept thinking the story could have been compressed into one Ultraman episode. It just didn't feel like there was that much to it to warrant the duration of an hour and a half even though he's never actually got bored while watching it. Somehow, Baby Gappa reminded Robin of Howard the Duck, but ugly and <laughs> deformed. Uh, was one of the monsters constantly carrying around a giant squid in its beak to give us a way of telling them apart, <laughs> or to not have to animate the blue flame breaths for two monsters at the same time? He guesses it was to show how they were bringing food for Baby, but that never happened. So now all we get is a distracting octopus getting its 15 minutes of fame without it leading up to anything. Yeah, he totally drops it, or she yeah. totally drops it. Uh, all in all, despite his not-too-sunny review, Gappa is not a bad movie. It's just not that interesting. Would Robin show it to a newcomer? Sure, but he'd probably pick something a bit more exciting instead. Worst part of the movie that really rubbed him the wrong way was the very end when the heroine declared she'd just give up and try and have a life of her own and uh, instead wash diapers and be chained to the kitchen for the rest of her life. I agree, that was really just that was terrible that was a what the heck is going on moment yeah yeah Yeah, i was pretty angry at that and i forgot to bring that up yeah when we were talking about it earlier yeah yeah what the heck (laughs) i'm glad the listeners pointed that out it's so absurd that that almost does seem like parody you know yeah it is is really i would hope so (laughs) even for its time period so johnny first watched gappa on channel 7's 430 movie in detroit many years ago and it was his least favorite of the kaiju films he watched as a child. Taking a second look, it is actually a fun movie. He watched the film under The Monster from Prehistoric Planet. Cardboard characters, dialogue such as Gappa Angry, the least realistic underwater scene from any movie ever, (laughs) but it all adds up to a good time. For this viewing, Mike watched both his pan and scan gray market DVD of Monster from a Prehistoric Planet and the Japanese version of Gappa the Trifibian Monster. He thinks the MFAPP <laughs> is, <laughs> is a cooler title, and AIP apparently had a thing for prehistoric planets, Voyage to the Prehistoric Planet, Women of the Prehistoric Planet, etc. Uh, Mike is disappointed that the domestic release of this Japanese version 
removes the original title graphics and replaces it with a cheesy video title, 3D video title, <laughs> uh, because there's a guy in the credits that gets, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he gets credited for 3D animation. Anyway, uh, at the and that the opening credits have this annoying whitewashed screen over the Eng- over which the English titles are displayed. This movie has a special place in Mike's heart as he prefers Gappa to any non-Toho kaiju, including Gamera. For that matter, there are several Toho kaiju that he'd say he prefers Gappa to. They look to him like the sort of monster you'd get if you threw Godzilla and Rodan into a blender. The bird-like features of Gappa are interesting in this 1967 film. He doesn't think scientists started connecting birds and dinosaurs until the late 1970s. Also interesting that they gave the monsters some sexual dimorphism. The male is more elaborate looking, just as many male animals are in nature. Lions, peacocks, etc. And the part where the baby hugs his mama and the papa at the end. There were tears on the monsters. Anyway. Not in the studio. <clears throat> Some logistical problems, since there are obviously multiple Gappa, and since they obviously spend at least some time flying around, you've got to wonder why nobody else has reported seeing these big things before, except for a few tribal savages who suggest that these animals don't appear very often. Also strange that the natives don't consider the Gappa to be gods, despite treating them as gods in every conceivable way apart from calling them that. You've got to wonder at the Gappa's tracking abilities, as they could tell that the baby had been taken to Japan, but didn't seem to know where. And comparing the size of the Mama Gappa to the egg she birthed, it seems the equivalent of a turkey laying the egg the size of a jelly bean. Interesting choice to use a model rather than a matte painting to depict the island. WTF moment, the Mama Gappa coming out of the ocean with what looks like a giant starfish in her mouth, and something that looks like a flying pteranodon fetus scaring the token. Uh, I have a toy of that, a little figure of that. Scaring the token goofy guy. Also, Playmate magazine conjured up images of something other than what we get. Mike finds himself somewhat disappointed with the city rampages. They seem to lack any gravitas, and the miniatures aren't so hot. They fall apart too easily without any sense of weight. These scenes would have been, be- these scenes would have benefited from some high speed photography. Also, the monsters only use their heat rays in one scene, which is disappointing. There was a rumor going around for a while that there was a line of dialogue that was cut from the film due to protests. The monsters are attacking the city. Fortunately, whoa. <clears throat> okay, I just wasn't prepared for this. The monsters are attacking the city. Fortunately, they're in the black area of town. And once Mike wow. met someone, yeah, right? <laughs> I have not heard that. Thank you, Mike. Uh, and I, uh, Mike once met someone who actually claimed to have a print of the film with that line of dialogue in it, but he never really offered any proof. The dubbing always amuses Mike. He could never tell if they were saying burnt lizard or bird lizard. And like that playmate land was going to be here, here, right here. <laughs> so a minor classic. He hopes that Gappa returns someday, hopefully in a better vehicle than Gilala did. There you go. So big thanks to everyone who... That was a weird way to end this. <laughs> big thanks to everyone who sent in their homework. I really appreciate that. I'm actually pretty impressed that we got as many in as we did for such an obscure and terribly produced movie, uh, at least in d- the DVD format. Guess what our next movie is, guys? You guys have any idea what our next Daikai discussion film is? Uh, Rachel's eyes lit up. I think she might have an idea. I have no Could idea. 
Godzilla? It is. Our next Godzilla, our next Godzilla, our next Daikaiju discussion film is the 19, just kidding, is the 2014, <laughs> the 2014 <laughs> Legendary Pictures Godzilla film. Wait, does that come out this year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting long enough. I could understand if you wouldn't believe it actually did. Uh, anyway, so the deal is we are going to be, um, we're going to be asking the listeners to send in their thoughts, questions, and reviews to the film as normal by May 24th to get your homework in for the Daikaiju discussion episode. Now, the way we're going to do this is a little bit different this next month because last year we did Pacific Rim and it was a record breaking, like, and almost like vocal cord breaking record because we did our discussion and we recorded that right after the movie. And then I recorded everybody's singular or their homework discussions. And it was a lot of people. I can only imagine with the exposure that the Kaiju cast has gotten recently <laughs> that our Kaiju discussion for the Godzilla film is going to be off the charts. So we're going to have three episodes next month. We'll have the first episode of the month that has uh, the interview with August Ragoni. And then the first Daikaiju discussion will just be our discussion, our, you know, whoever goes to the movie and then comes to the discussion to talk about that movie. And that'll get released sort of like mid-month. And then we'll get everybody's homework in and we'll do one big discussion at the end of the month as well. So a big giant month for Godzilla. Woohoo! I know, right? I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm, I'm also still a little, little, uh, wavering on like how how positive i feel towards the whole thing but you know like i said send in your thoughts questions and reviews by may 24th and we'll get your homework read i think it's time for us to move into the news so i think what we're going to do is we're going to play two more requests this one is a request from mike for the flaming lips godzilla flick This is a no Godzilla flick. This is a no Godzilla flick. People that you love never going to.
United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. All right, we do have quite a bit of news to cover. Uh, I did want to say, though, that uh, the last... I know I introed that we were playing Godzilla flick by the Flaming Lips for Mike, uh, but we also just heard Godzilla, not Godzilla, Godzilla by M.O.D. from Gross Misconduct, and that was for Herman. Uh, anyway, we're going to move on to the Godzilla 2014 news. So if you guys, thank you guys for sticking around for this. If you have heard of anything and you want to you know, comment on it, feel free to pipe in at any time. SciFiJapan.com has uh, some really cool imagery from Legendary Pictures publicity banner artwork. Too bad it's not like massively high res, but it's pretty cool. You know, big, instead of a tall poster, it's a wide poster. Uh, two different artwork styles. There will be a link in the show notes, obviously, to that article, so you can check it out for yourself. There's a lot of Sci-Fi Japan links on this episode. There's the uh, Godzilla 2014 TV spot article that they wrote which basically catalogs every single tv spot that's been released and i did not watch any of them brian sweet yeah i'm still Good trying call. to go still trying to go in fresh i haven't seen any i haven't caved yeah yep. i've been really good there's a couple things that i've i have not had the ability to completely ignore uh you know i unfortunately i know what the muto monster looks like or what one of them looks like and uh, there's a brand new poster that features both Godzilla and the monster on it, which I thought was kind of bold choice, but I think it's legit. Anyway, uh, yeah, so there's a link. There'll be a link in the show notes of that. Another sci-fi Japan thing is that um, they have an official Godzilla 2014 merchandise showcase, which you can check out, which is fairly spoil for, spoiler free. If you check it out, there's uh, just images of, of products and stuff. Um, and then, uh, we're just blazing through these. I love it. <laughs> Actually, did any of you guys see the IMAX poster artwork that came out recently? I think you posted it. Yeah. I, think I saw it oh, from there. Like, yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's like a almost white poster with a big giant red sun and Godzilla's yes. silhouette and dudes in the front, like climbing out of buildings. And, that is yeah. awesome. Yeah. That I one like that cool. one. Yeah. That just makes me want to go to an IMAX theater to get it. Yeah. Or find out some way to, to purchase one in a large scale. Like, I would rather have that than any of the other posters that I've seen for the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's my favorite of the posters I've seen. And uh, they're all pretty decent, but that's been the best one. So. Totally. Totally. Um, also, uh, in addition to that imagery, we've seen uh, uh, Jeff posted it on my wall the other day. Fangoria's brand new cover. Issue 333 has a very clear image of Godzilla on it. So... That design is definitely not hidden at all. Was that the one that did Bob Eagleton do the artwork on that? No, or? that's Famous Monsters. We'll oh, talk about that a little, okay. in a little bit. Right. Actually, we can talk about it now. No, we got to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all compartmentalized into the Godzilla 2014 news. Uh, some bad news on the front of Godzilla 2014. This was just posted today. We're recording Sunday here. Um, Akira Takarada's cameo has apparently been cut. From the final Whoa. version of the film. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reaction. Yes. You guys just pretty much encapsulated the Godzilla fandom online. <laughs> Except none of you were like saying, yeah, this is a big middle finger to the Godzilla fandom. Because I actually don't believe it's like that, that big of a deal. I think it's too bad. I would much rather see it. 
And hopefully it's going to be in the like special features as a deleted scene or something like that. But, um, you know, it's cutting room stuff, you know, or the cutting yeah. room floor stuff gets cut out of movies all the time. It does, I mean, yeah. it's like, and it, it, I, I've, uh, if you look, if you just look at Godzilla movies and what they were, what was done to them when they were released here in America, you know, a lot of these studios, they, they end up cutting like tiny little bits here and there. And you know, I'm not even talking about, you know, King of the Monsters and Godzilla 1985. I'm talking about, you know, Godzilla versus King or, uh, I'm talking about <laughs> Giza the three headed monster. And, you know, there's just like little pieces here and there that are trimmed and, you know, it's it's unfortunate that that Takarada's role is not going to be in the final version of the film, but it's it's been reported. So, uh, moving on to some more positive news. Anybody? Do you guys buy the art books, like art of making of books, that kind of stuff? I'm huge into that stuff. I could I probably have a a small collection downstairs. That's not a good size collection, but uh, there's a art of destruction book. It's the Godzilla art of book and the nerdist website actually created a trailer for it which i did actually watch a little bit of it's kind of cool you get to see gareth edwards talking about uh how awesome those art books are i've got mine on i've actually had mine on pre-order for the better part of a year (laughs) (laughs) uh surprised yeah and then the last thing i just wanted to uh wrap up with something in fact you guys should totally check this out have you ever seen like um kids react to the, the video series. Did you see the episode of the elders react video series? And, and, um, they show the, uh, elders, which are, you know, old people. They show them the Godzilla trailer and it, it's hilarious. It's really <laughs> funny to watch like their reaction. Like there's one late, most of them are like, Oh, Godzilla, huh? He's back. And like, <laughs> and there's this one lady. She's adorable. She's just like, "Yay, Godzilla! I love Godzilla." It's really, it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, anyway, that's our 2014 news. Moving on to some other stuff. Mini Mates has. Uh, we saw pictures of the Mini Mates Godzilla figures back from this year's Toy Fair in New York. Now there are better photos of them. So you've got Godzilla, Mothra. Gigan and Titanosaurus. I think those are the four, but there's a link in the show notes to the Toy News website where you can check that out. That sounds so generic, (laughs) but it's actually (laughs) Toy News. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) Uh, uh, Sci-Fi Japan has a sneak peek at the Art of Japanese Monsters book that's coming out. You guys aware of that one? I know Jeff is. He and I were talking about it. Basically, Sean Lincolnback used to run um, Showcase Collectibles He's the author of this uh, Godzilla, an an unauthorized guide to Godzilla collectibles. And he and I think Jim Cirinella is involved in it as well. The guy who used to run Club Daikaiju uh, in this book. And it's basically a book filled with posters, poster images from these movies. And nice. I nice. kind of like the posters, you guys. So I <laughs> got my, I've already got mine on pre-order. Uh, but there's a sneak peek on SciFiJapan.com. Also on SciFiJapan.com, there is the Winter Wonder Festival. Uh, they're a little late in getting the pictures up, but Ed Gojicheski went to Winter Wonder Festival in Japan, and those photos are now up on Sci-Fi Japan. So you can see, you guys know what that is. That's like basically there are several. It's like a convention in Japan that uh, model makers go and show off their brand new stuff. And the cool thing about it is, you know, people take 
photos of all sorts of stuff. And, you know, this gigantic room is filled with model makers. And there's a lot of kaiju stuff every year. It's really cool to see some of the awesome things that people make. And some of it's really just like dead on accurate. Some of it's very like chibi, super deformed style. And then some of it's just kind of really inventive. And so you can check out the link on Sci-Fi Japan to those photos. I have not read a zine in a long, long time. But apparently, uh, this guy from the UK sub- uh, asked for submissions uh, related to Godzilla, and he's created Godzilla, and it is available for pre-order. I have seen a lot of imagery on Tumblr of people saying, oh, this is what I submitted to the Godzilla or Godzilla. And I got to say, it looks really cool. I think I might have to pick up one. So there's a link in the show notes to the Godzilla page, which is a big cartel page where you could buy it. It is apparently, depending on how much the exchange rate is at the time, it's 15 pounds. So I believe that's $30 US and a terrible British accent (laughs) just for you. (laughs) And our last bit of news is that the Rondo Awards are happening right now. The nominations have been posted, and you can vote on the Rondo Awards. Any of you guys know what that is? I don't. You guys know. I do. Mm -hmm. Tell me what the Rondo Awards are, because I'm not exactly sure. (laughs) I believe they're awards for horror and science fiction, named after Rondo Hatton, the actor. Oh, yes. Yes. I think you're right. Anyway, uh, there are some very Japanese sci-fi tokusatsu websites podcasts etc kaiju cast is not nominated feel free to change that someday you guys Next but year. uh <laughs> now that I know. there's always 2015 anyway uh <laughs> but uh you know the august ragoni's blog is on there there's some sci-fi japan articles on there some events have been posted on there uh uh derek's you guys you guys met derek at the party he runs monster kid radio he uh, he was nominated for a rondo as well. Anyway, check it out. Vote for your favorite people, and we're going to move on. I was on Chronicles of the Nerds episode two hundred thirteen yesterday. They've already posted it. They're very fast to mm-hmm. post an episode. That's it was really cool to hang out with those guys. And we did actually talk about Godzilla quite a bit. Um, and it's a standard episode, so they introduced me, and we talked about Godzilla, and then they did, went through their news section, and then we. We talked about Godzilla, the screenings at the Hollywood Theater, which I'm going to talk about in a second, and some other events that are happening around the country. It was a lot of fun, and they just wanted to sort of pick my brain about how I feel about the brand new Godzilla movie and past Godzilla movies, etc. It was was good. So there's a link in the show notes to that particular episode. And, you know, give those guys a listen. Mikey, Alan, and Ibrahim are all super awesome dudes. Now we talk about the Famous Monsters covers. Okay, <laughs> so, finally. So Famous Monsters' okay. brand new kaiju issue is coming out, and they have a grand total of four kaiju covers. And I think they are all going to be done by Bob Eggleton. So far, they have released three of them as of this recording. Mothra vs. Godzilla, which looks great. I think I'm going to try and get that on a hoodie or a t-shirt. I'm actually wearing a Famous Monsters t-shirt right now with Godzilla versus Gamera done by Bob Eggleton. It is a gorgeous shirt. Anyway, so yeah, Mothra versus Godzilla is one of them. 
Godzilla versus Biollante is the second one. That one looks awesome. Yeah, and then they also just showed the Godzilla 2014 one as well. Did you see yeah, that one? Yeah, that was really impressive. Yeah. I, I loved yeah, seeing that in Bob Eagleton's art style. It looked very cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see what the fourth one is going to be. Yeah. They also have a uh, an exclusive t-shirt that Matt Frank did the design for, which has several monsters on it in nice. Matt Frank's awesome style. So I'll have a link in the show notes to uh, to that as well. And uh, yeah, that pretty much does it just for the news section. We're going to move on to events, which, uh, you know, how long I've been doing the podcast for five years now. Yeah. At some point in there, we started doing covering events. I just came up with a with a categorical name for it. Catastrophic events. All right. <laughs> so catastrophic events for this month uh and and the next month and a couple of months in the future this upcoming weekend at the hollywood theater the original gojira is playing the rialto print which is a digital restoration if you are in the portland area please come out and check it out because not only are they showing that we're bringing august ragoni the author of Eiji Tsuburaya, Master of Monsters, to do a book signing, and he and I are going to do a presentation before each of the screenings. So it should be pretty cool. I will have a link in the show notes to the Hollywood Theater website, which has a a small piece about the screenings. They don't have the showtimes as of this minute, but without uh, getting too detailed, Friday is probably going to be about a 7 o'clock-ish showing. Saturday and Sunday probably are going to be matinees around the one 1 p.m. ish time zone. This so is May second, third. Yep, May second, second, third, and fourth. So Friday, Saturday, oh. Sunday. Great. So yeah, just choose one to go to. You don't have to go to every single one of them. <laughs> and uh, August is also going to be selling the paperback version, his second edition of his book. And that is actually before it's available in stores. So. Ooh. Nice. Yes. Uh, anyway, moving on to the next event is uh, the same weekend, but not here in Portland in Los Angeles. If you listened to the last episode of the Kaiju Cast, you heard me speaking with Mark Jaramillo, who is working with uh, Anime Jungle down in L.A. And they are bringing Heisei Special Effects Director Kuichi Kawakita and Marbling Fine Arts, I think, President Norihiko Iwasaki to do some special presentations. They're going to be showing Godzilla vs. Biollante twice. The first showing will have Biollante in uh, as dubbed. The second showing in the evening is for uh, the subtitled version. And then later on, at uh, specifically at the Anime Jungle store, they're showing God of Clay, which is uh, Kawakita's short film, which I've never seen. I'm really looking forward to hearing how that goes. Not to mention, they have four exclusive posters, which look amazing. In fact, one of those posters, I already have. That one up there that we were looking at earlier with the mecha on the bottom. Sweet. So they're going to have those for sale. They're all done by the cast company that uh, that Kawakita works with in Japan. That sounds like a freaking amazing event. If you're in the L.A. area or just anywhere near L.A., you really, really should go check that out. Obviously, link in the show notes where you can get tickets and get more information about that. The 16th of May here in Portland, we're doing a loud screening of the new Godzilla film at the Roseway Theater. If, for some reason, you're looking for a good place to see it in Portland, the Roseway Theater has like top of the line stuff. 
Martin, you've been to the Roseway. Uh, it's actually my favorite movie theater of all movie theaters that I've been to. They have the best screen. They have the best sound system. They have the best popcorn. They have the best prices. You cannot beat their prices for first run anything, whether it's 3D or standard 2D. The theater is absolutely great. The folks there are awesome. It's just, it's the best theater going. You just can't beat it. Sweet. So yeah, I contacted, uh, contacted those guys and said, Hey, how would you like a loud screening, you know, for Godzilla? And they were like, yes, let's do it. 11 p.m. May 16th, the new Godzilla film and a loud showing. And have you ever been to a loud showing? Yes, I did go to one loud showing with uh, Court and Fat Boy. They yeah, did a loud showing of something that I don't remember. I saw what Iron it Man. Was. Maybe it was an Iron Man yeah, that we yeah. did. Iron Man Two. So the the story I like to tell people about the loud showings of Iron of Iron Man that I saw. And if are you guys familiar with the Iron Man movie? There's yes. so he gets uh, gets kidnapped, has to build the Iron Man suit, basically turns on the the terrorist guys. And there's one particular scene where uh, all of the terrorist dudes have left the cave and they're all staring at the at the black orifice of this cave and you just hear the suit coming and it's like freaking shaking <laughs> the seats in the theater it was so loud and that is what i want to experience when godzilla walks down the street i want <laughs> my chest to shake can't wait i'm really looking forward to it I'm also hoping that I can do something cool before the actual screening. I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not, but we shall see. Uh, I've been talking about this event too long, so let's move on to the next big event, which is not happening here in Dallas at the Dallas Comic-Con. See, that would be the same weekend, May 16th through the 18th. Akira Takarada is going to be the special guest or a special guest at that Comic-Con. So if you're in the Dallas area and you like Japanese movies, why not go check out Mr. Takarada? Get him to sign something for you. By the way, autographs at these uh, events where they have uh, the Japanese guests coming in are very reasonably priced. You know, we go to Emerald City Comic Con and someone like Patrick Stewart is charging $80 for an autograph. They're charging like 25 bucks for an autograph. And that comes with a photo. It's awesome. And uh, so check out Akira Takarada. We're going to have a couple more of those in a second. Uh, the Actually, the same weekend... So that's actually starting Friday the 16th. Saturday the 17th and the 18th in San Jose is the Big Wow Comic Festival. And uh, they're going to have Ken Pachira Satsuma, Bin Furuya, and Ban Daisuke. So that is Godzilla from 1985 to 1995. Ultraman from ni- or 1966, I should just say. And uh, the guy who played Kikaida, which I don't know the dates on that show. I'm not a Sentai henshin dude, but... Those three guys are going to be at the Famous Monsters Pavilion at the Big Wow Comics Fest, and I will be there Saturday as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting a chance to interview Mr. Satsuma, because I love his Godzilla. We just got a couple of more uh, things to announce here for, or things to talk about here for events going on, catastrophic events. Uh, Spooky Empire is happening May 30th through June 1st in Orlando, Florida. And their special guests are Akira Takarada, Haruo Nakajima, and they just announced Linda Haynes, who uh, was in Latitude Zero. So there's sort of like a, a special Latitude Zero reunion going on there. Oh, excellent. Jim told me about that. And uh, basically everyone else from Latitude Zero, not around anymore. They, yeah. <laughs> no longer with us. So, so there's not going to be a sequel? 
<laughs> not with Robert Cotton or Cesar Romero or Just, Richard Jekyll. They're, but they are doing a reimagining of it. Oh, good. It's a relaunch. I thought you oh, were doing the reimagining I of it. I hope so. I want to be in talks for that. Is well, Tim Burton doing that? Are you going to call it Latitude One? <laughs> That's right. <yeah. laughs> Latitude 0.2. Nice. Last event to talk about, of course, is G-Fest 21. And that is taking place July 11th through the 13th in Chicago, Illinois. Make sure you check out gfan.com. Actually, I should say it's g-fan.com for more information. But I will tell you that the guest of honor is special effects director Koichi Kawakita. Very excited to be talking with him and interviewing him at the show. Also, Tomoko Ai. Uh, she played Katsura in Terror of Mechagodzilla. Katsuhiko Sasaki, who played Ichinose in Terror of Mechagodzilla, and also the inventor Goro in Godzilla vs. Megalon. He will be in attendance. They're going to have a special Skype session with Yosuke Natsuke. He played the detective in Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster and the uh, the doctor in Godzilla 1985, the, the scientist. And then also sculptor extraordinaire Hiroshi Sagai is going to be there. Don Fry will be at G-Fest this yes. year. I'm really looking forward to at least meeting him. I don't know. I honestly don't know if I could devote an entire episode to interviewing him. I'm try. willing to try, though. I am willing <laughs> to try. And, of course, Robert Scottfield will be there interpreting because he is super awesome. Uh, that is going to do it for our events. And we're going to move on to some housekeeping items. You know what time it is, you guys? Oh, that's oh right. yeah. Dang it. It is contest time. Why are you saying dang it? Because I thought maybe one of the three of us could walk away with it no, if we didn't know. No. Last, <laughs> in the last episode, I announced a contest to win a paperback version of Eiji Tsuburaya, Master of Monsters by Mr. August Ragoni. And what we have here is we have a can of Japanese Pringles. <laughs> See that? <laughs> yes. The, the, there's no Pringles inside of it, obviously, as I mentioned before. But we are going to be pulling one number out of this and picking a winner. Who wants to be the magic hand that reaches into this? Rachel! Yes! Okay. Yes! Reach in there and grab oh one. Oh, my goodness. Oh, who am I going to pick? Oh, my gosh. This uh, one August feels very a, lucky He didn't right put here. a number in, did he? No, this no. He, he can't win his own lucky. book. He can't win his own book. Okay. Are you ready for it? Yes, I am. Number 22. Number 22, Kevin Nagel from Aurora, Colorado, fell down. I shouldn't shout into the mic. That's okay. I'll just, I'll just edit that part down so the, Colorado, Brian and I's old hometown. How did you do that? Hometown. Well, certain not Sierra, you know, (laughs) state, you know, old home state. I grew up in Colorado, so it was meant to be nice, nice. Well, congratulations, Kevin. I will send you an email with information about your winnings, and I will try and get this out to you as soon as possible so that you get it before the street date. Moving on to our next item on the housekeeping. (laughs) This is a good one. Got to keep it sweet, (laughs) short and sweet here. The ultimate fan contest. The public voting results have, uh, or the public voting has concluded, and they will be choosing the winner of the entire thing in the next few days. So, uh, we don't know who the winner was. I really, I have to take this time right now to very sincerely thank Martin Vavra, who's sitting in front of me. 
I really appreciate you coming over and making the video for me. That thing looked amazing. That was my pleasure. That is, that's five years in the making right there. Nice. <laughs> five years and one night. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was awesome, man. I really appreciated you just lending your talents to it. It was absolutely uh, breathtaking when compared oh, with the other ones. Anyway. Cinematography was astounding. <laughs> <laughs> the genius of Martin Vavra. <laughs> the depth of field, the color. The color. <laughs> Actually, it looked really good, man. Your camera is really nice. Yeah, I know. I had to buy one to compensate for my abilities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that. I don't agree with that statement. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much to Martin. And seriously, thank you to everyone out there who voted for me, supported me, shared that information, and and tried to get as many votes as possible for Kyle from the Kaiju Cast. I... Actually, I'm so happy with the number of votes that I did get, and uh, I came in fourth place in the public voting. So, well done. When all the 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 numbers, you know, or when the dust settles, I should I should say, we should be getting the results between the 28th and the 30th. And so, we'll know how happy or sad I am at the beginning of the month. <laughs> uh, oh, also another housekeeping item. I have been doing the 30 days of Godzilla challenge. And if you are not familiar with that, or if you're not on Facebook and not, uh, friends or following the Kaiju cast, uh, the 30 days of Godzilla challenge as it was sort of handed off to me, it's a big long list, 30 different items, favorite this, least favorite this. And so, it's a lot of fun. Every day I go in and I pick the thing from that particular day and I write about it. And I choose choose one thing and then I, you know, say this is what I think about this or that. One of my favorite ones was day six, favorite villain slash human slash alien. Who's the most likable baddie in the Godzilla series? And I chose uh, Kenji Sahara's character, Torahata from Godzilla vs. The Thing. But there's a whole bunch of them out there, and um, I'm going to be continuing to do them until the last day, which is the release of Godzilla. So nice. it's going to be a nice, uh, a nice ending to that particular. I wonder what thing. question number thirty could be. Uh, do you really want to know? Oh, they already haven't posted out. Yeah, yeah. So the deal oh, is, it's a bummer. big list. I figured <laughs> they would. You? <laughs> no, I figured they would release them like every day. Like you wouldn't have it. You could, uh, you know, what's today? Gonna what's today's question? That's what I mean. No, I actually so. saw this on Tumblr about a year ago. Mm, so people okay. have been doing it. Uh, and I post it on Facebook, and then I copy it and paste it to Tumblr as well. Oh, I got you. Okay. So far, I've done favorite movie of all time, favorite kaiju movie of all time, and actually, I'm just sticking with the Godzilla series. I've done favorite kaiju, favorite human protagonist, favorite fight from the Showa era, favorite Godzilla costume, favorite villain, favorite film of the Showa era, favorite fight of the Heisei era, most annoying character, be it human, kaiju, or alien. Oh, I did kaiju I would like to see more of. Who guys would who would you choose? More of? Yeah. What kaiju would you like to see more of? Gigan. Good call. You have not seen Final Wars? You have seen Final Wars. I have Wars. seen yeah, Final yeah. Wars. He kind of doesn't really fit the bill in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> about you guys? Kaiju, you'd like to see more of? Pigmon. Pigmon, okay. Sure. We'll branch outside of the Godzilla series just for you, Rachel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bring back Angulus, I say. Yeah. It'd be nice to see an updated good version. Yeah. The one that was in Final Wars. I wasn't happy with that. There's a really only a couple of monsters no in was. Final Wars that I was happy with. So Anyway, uh, and then uh, let's see here. The next, next one. Oh, the next one, day 12, that I have to do tonight is least 
favorite fight of all time. That's going to take a lot of thinking. But yeah, so that's, I mean, it's just like a little fun thing to do to sort of like keep the content fresh and, you know, help me think about Godzilla every day. Not like I already don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, like I said, please do check that out on Facebook or Tumblr. And I, if you follow me on Twitter, the links are in there as well. Um, we are going to go ahead and wrap things up for the show. Don't forget to get your Daikaiju discussion homework turned in by May 24th. It is for the 2014 Godzilla film. Uh, you know, I really hope you guys enjoy it. I'm talking to you in the studio. <laughs> Not you listeners. I don't care what you think. No, I care what everybody thinks about this movie. But you can't just make everybody happy, Kyle. No, I can't make everybody happy, jerk. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Start with you. <laughs> I guess no, so. no, I'm uh, clearly indebted to Martin <laughs> for many, many years. Uh, no, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Somebody, I read something recently, not to go into a big, long tangent, but I read something recently about it being a franchise, and I don't really see that like happening do you guys see that happening this I, mo- if this I movie think everything is is they're trying to make everything that way yeah but like i just can't imagine that they're going to be able to do a sequel here in america of, i can well we'll see how this goes <laughs> obviously, and, and not but. not because i've seen the movie obviously i haven't it's because hollywood is really out of ideas and they're they're gonna milk something until it's dry <laughs> right on well so, you know that's a good point it's yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would hope that if they do do a sequel, it's not going to be anything like, I don't know, Star Trek Into Darkness or something. Where I really liked that 2009 Star Trek movie, but Into Darkness was horrifically bad. I think. Okay. So right. I, I can see them doing a sequel just because of where Hollywood's going. But, <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't see that at this point them really going out and they have certainly haven't advertised it that way that it's a new series right yeah and that's sort of i guess that's where i'm kind of coming from is like i haven't really seen it talked about in terms of it hopefully being you know like we're shining a three-picture deal kind of thing you know it's like let's see how this first movie does and you know if if this godzilla movie does well and i love it sure let's see another one i would say yeah but like after pacific rim which i did love i wasn't looking for a sequel and I'm not trying to disparage anybody like Carol Del Toro. I would never do that to you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I just don't really see Pacific Rim as sequel material. I see it more as like prequel material mm-hmm. or uh, something in terms of like the Clone Wars TV show, but set in the Pacific Rim universe. Anyway, that is neither here nor there. I hope to see uh, a lot of comments come in, a lot of uh, reviews come in. You know, do yourself a favor. Keep it short and sweet. What you liked, what you didn't like, that kind of stuff. Uh, don't make it too difficult on us to read your homework, please. Anyway, we're literally closing out the show. If you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory, please make sure to point your web browser to KaijuCast.com to see what we're all about. We've got the full list of episodes, the full list of Daikaiju discussion movies. The schedule until the end of the Daikaiju discussion run is posted. Oh, not to mention our reviews, our... uh show notes very important stuff our links to our friends websites and our social media websites as well uh if you listen to us on the website you can check us out on itunes we're also on stitcher and for the moment we are on the mediocre radio network i'm going to play the last song this is a request specifically for biotech is godzilla by sepultura for bill we will see you next month with a very special interview with august ragoni until next time jamata